Thank you for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. We are back with episode number four. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. Well, it's not it's not episode four, but it feels it was episode four of the relaunch of the Tunnel Vision Podcast. And Eric, uh, you know, we were trying to uh, kind of brainstorm about things to talk about. And I thought, you know what? With things going so good in sports, especially football, because they're talking about it's going to be a full season. What better way than to to kind of get the podcast going in the right direction by breaking down every division in football, every like every single episode? So over the, the next eight weeks, we'll be talking a whole lot of football. Uh, today, we also got uh, a little bit of Michael Jordan. Uh, some obviously, obviously, some uh, audio that came out that you wanted to talk about. Yep. <clears throat> and we also got the NBA uh, as they get closer to restarting or, uh, guess, wrapping up the season, coming back to uh, to wrap up the season, uh, and ultimately crown a, a champion for the 2019-20 season. And just to kind of start things off, uh, NFL, first division that we'll get into, AFC North. Uh, obviously, that's the division that we know here uh, in our hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, we, we know we know them pretty well. But in the division, uh, obviously, you got the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Browns. Out of those teams, obviously, the Ravens will be the team to beat, right? Yep. But my thing is, all right, so who is kind of that, that second team and where do where do they fall in the, in the rest of the AFC? I think the second team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mike Tomlin took a team with second, third string backup quarterback, second string running back, um, took them to an 8-8 eight eight team. They had a great offseason. Uh, the draft was well. Got a few free agents that I think will be able to impact them. And as well, they, they get Ben Roethlisberger back. Um, so with that being said, I, I think they're the, the second team in the division, in my opinion. I, I, kind of, I like the I like the Steelers because I'm, I'm a big – I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. Obviously, I think last year he turned uh, – he, he made mush in the mashed potatoes. Facts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you you if you can go out and turn the team that was just known as being the offensive juggernaut over the past four or five years, and then you instantly flip the switch, and then you get them going on defense and make it a defensive team, and they do just enough on offense to escape to to get by and win ball games. I, obviously, I think you're doing something right, but this year I will have hope for the Cleveland Browns. And I tell you why I I think that the third year is the most important year for any quarterback in their first contract, right? And I think yeah. Baker Mayfield, while he is, I think he's extremely cocky, but I also think that he has a he has a whole lot of talent. He just needs a quarterback, and he needs a system that can bring that out of him. Now, with the new head coach, was it Kevin Stefanski? Yep. Uh. I'm not sure if this system will, you know, will make 
miracles out of Baker, but I think we see a much improved Baker Mayfield than last year. And I think that Odell Beckham is really coming out of like that arrogant stage and he just wants to win ball games. And I think Jarvis Landry, obviously, I think he's been a, a star and a very underappreciated wide receiver in the NFL since his days in Miami. And I think that they're finally they've finally established a, a nice core in Cleveland offensively, defensively. I just need for them to show me more. Even though last year they, if I'm not mistaken, they had a top ten defense in mostly every statistical category. Yeah, I don't think that that I just don't think that Baker gets them over the hump. I don't know if the um, I, I just don't know if they're ready for that big stage yet and. Oftentimes you're you're you'll see me lean towards teams like the Steelers who have been around and who's consistently performed at a high level. Um, and then you take in consideration the, the draft that they had, like I said, and then as well as offseason and going eight and eight, like I, I think Mike Tomlin came. Mike Tomlin should have gotten coach of the year like if no if no if no other team was out there that showed up I can't remember who was the coach of the year last year but he had to have been a top candidate because the, most teams would have just folded and packed it up or and um folded for the season and just went on ahead he, he took those guys and they got better each and every week uh so I think they're they're gonna still be there Baker, I, I just – I don't – there's something about him I don't like, and it's not because he slammed the flag on our um, on our field at Ohio State. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just something about him I just don't know if he'll, he'll be able to handle it, the pressure. Because um, of year three, like you said, that that, that is the, the big thing about quarterbacks, and teams want to make sure that they can try to see what he can do so that – they can um, be able to see if they want to move forward with him or not. Yeah, and I think that this is kind of the year. I think that he kind of proves his he proves his value, you know, to the Cleveland Browns. Um, I mean, obviously, though, I think he was the best quarterback uh, from that draft class. I don't even think I think the best quarterback from that draft class is also in the division. He just happens to be Lamar Jackson, but I do think Baker Mayfield does. I think he has a great talent. I think. I don't think he's Russell Wilson. I think he he has a lot of physical characteristics that could lead him down or close to that path. I don't think that the football IQ is quite the same, but I think that Baker Mayfield is capable of leading that team to a winning record. And I, I honestly see 9-7 and seven for the Cleveland Browns this year, and I think they finished second in the division behind the Baltimore Ravens. I think – I honestly, I, I think that the Bengals finished fourth, but I think it's a very interesting Bengals team this year. Uh, obviously, with I mean Joe Burrow coming in, I do like Burrow. I still think Chase Young was the better player in the draft, but I understood why they needed to take Burrow. Uh, obviously, uh, you sell, you know, you, you got to sell to the fans first, and quarterback sell tickets more than defensive ends. And also, I believe to effectively start a new regime a lot of times you have to go away from the veteran quarterback and get to a young quarterback 
that you want in your system, which I think obviously you see it's it's a trend because a lot of teams tend to do that. As you see, Green Bay is no coincidence that they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Uh, I mean, do I think they still believe in Aaron Rodgers? Obviously, because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but they also know one, they've got a younger head coach who will more than likely be there longer than Aaron Rodgers. But also, they know that it's time to get things going in a different direction. Yeah, I think we, I, I agree with you. I, I think we we tossed it on, tossed up on, it's a toss up between us two on second and third. But I think the Bengals are definitely the fourth, the fourth team in that division. Um, I think they're coming. They're coming in last. I I don't think it's close as you may say it is. I think they still have a lot of gaps to fill. They they've signed some guys. They've had a good off season. They signed a couple corners. They signed a lineman. They I think they get a. I think they may have drafted a lineman. They get a lineman back that was hurt. But I don't know if that's enough during this pandemic, with not having rookie camp just yet not guys being able ready probably for mini camp or not. Um, I, I don't know if guys will be ready to, so that they can be firing on all cylinders um, starting as a new, with a new quarterback. Right. So I, I think that they have that. And then I also think just, just the factor of there's still guys that they need in those, in this locker room to lead them. The, the corners they got, it depends on what defense they run too, because the corners they got, they came from zones, zone defenses. So if they plug those guys in and think that they're gonna have success because they had success in Minnesota with Zimmer and the other guy, um, I, I just don't if if they run man to man, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? You've never seen some of those guys play out of zone and uh it, it it'll be really hard to to for me to just say that the, the defense will be a lot better than it was last year. So I don't think it's close. I think they win like three, four games tops. Yeah. See, and this is my thing. I, I, I wouldn't agree with you because I, and that's, that's where like I kind of struggle at. I think the defense is still a toss up. I mean, obviously I think they have a really good front. I think they have a really good front four. The front four I but think they're, is really good. I really, they're like, getting old. I really like the that, but this is the thing, though. Remember when they drafted that Sam Hubbard is only going into his third year. And I, I said back when Sam Hubbard got drafted in the third round, Sam Hubbard was first-round talent. He really was. So I think they got a steal in that sense. Now, this is where this is where it gets tricky. The Geno Atkins is another year older. Carlos Dunlap, while he's still really good, he's, he's, another, he's a year older, right? But <laughs> This is the thing. It's a very young group of linebackers that they have, and that's the that's where it starts to scare me. Right there, last year that was the that was the weakest part of their team was the linebacking core, followed by the offensive line. The offensive line is much improved, which I'm not really too concerned about that. But to me, the biggest the biggest concern for me outside of the defense is the head coaching position. I really like Zach Taylor. I think he's a very positive guy, and he says a lot of the politically correct things. But from a coaching standpoint, I'm really curious as to where this team goes. Because, I mean, if you recall last year, it was several games where Andy Dalton was throwing a ball over 45 times. 
Now, if they have Joe Burrow in a situation where he's a rookie quarterback throwing the ball 50 times, that's not a team that I believe well, in. Well, well let, let me let me offer some information on this. I can tell you this. <clears throat> that was all by design. That was all by design last year. Let's throw the ball. Let's 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 show them. Let's let's put Andy Dalton in a position where either he's going to play really well, or he's going to stink it up. And now we're going to bench him. Or now we're going to know that we can move over. We can move forward with our our next guy, right? That that was a setup move. Either he's going to win, he's going to have success, or he doesn't. And this is determining what we're going to do next. When they brought in the, the backup quarterback, the, the, the amount of attempts with the backup quarterback were down. When they brought Andy Dalton back into the game to start playing again, his attempts were down. And they ran the ball way more. So... I don't see that that's going to be something you'll see this year. I think they'll have some consistency at that. Um, I think they'll run the ball and get Joe Mixon the ball as much as they try to can. They can. I just don't. I don't believe in Zach Taylor. I he's a he's a guy with no experience at coordinator, nor is he a guy with experience at the head coaching position, and he's doing both. I can't see him having success doing both when he doesn't know how to do both and he hasn't done it yet. So he's still trying to find his own way. He's still trying to tweak and trying to do both, I think, is what's going to get in the way of the offense. Yeah, and and this is the one thing that will kind of surprise me because it's, if the Bengals finish with the worst record again, then is is Zach Taylor given another another year, another opportunity? And then is it the excuse of, well, it's still a young team, he's still re, they're still rebuilding, you know? Because how long can that last? And then you know, it's because it's a lot of expectations, you know, surrounding, uh, you know, regardless of what people say, it's a lot. I think there are a lot of expectations that Mike Brown in that front office has for. Uh, Zach Taylor, you know, I don't think the pressure's on to win eight or nine games this year, but I think that he has to show and prove. I think at least five or six. I think games you can, you can, he can scale away they need to be competitive. Winning, winning, you know, three or four games and being just competitive. You know what I mean? He's going to be. I mean, you you get a talent in AJ Green back. So, so you, you're, you're, you, hopefully you stay healthy enough. Um, but I just think this team lacks talent. I mean, and you and you look at you look back. Um, when you look back on this Bengals team, the, the teams in the past, right? They've they've had success in their best year. Dalton got hurt, messed up his thumb. He was out. Since then, they have they haven't they've lacked a lot of talent. And even then, it was kind of a little bit of luck and a little bit of um, kind of the, the chips kind of fell their way of who they played and and things like that as well. But I, I just they they still lack talent. You know, the expectation has always been there from a fan's perspective of uh, they need to win ball games, and 
it's it's hard to win ball games when you lack talent. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. So, uh, so you have Ravens yep. finishing first, and then following that, you have Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. All right, and I have Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. So, I mean, we obviously we we can agree on the one position and the four position, but two and three, uh, they can be. And, but and see, I kind of see you why see you're the Steelers being a playoff Cleveland. team this year. So here's the thing: if Cleveland does play well, Odell Beckham's hopefully injury free this year, not playing through any injuries. So um, I, I think Cleveland can probably give them a run. So I'm not too – I don't think they're too far from Pittsburgh because they got talent. They just got to put it together, right? Um, but I do see – I do see Pittsburgh making it to the playoffs. Um, I, I think it's just it, – it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to see playoffs without Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. I, I – I know people around here would hate to hear that, but that's almost a tradition of seeing either or the Ravens or the Steelers in the playoffs. And that typically they, when they're having a down year, they get back up and they, they find a way to get back to the playoffs. Remember Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season yet. Yeah, no, I know, and, and it's crazy because, you know, just last year they were talking about Mike Tomlin should be fired, which I, I still don't understand. I still will never understand anybody saying that notion. I understand that, obviously, you know, they think that, you know, you don't it, – it comes to a point where a coach can overstay as welcome, but I don't, I don't see that with Mike Tomlin. I see Mike Tomlin just had an older team and needed to rebuild. I think that the Steelers – Biggest concern moving forward is finding right. the replacement quarterback yeah. for whoever thought that once he, he, he uh, should, decides to retire. He should be fired last year. They they need to smack. They need to be smacked. Just just flat out. He's one of the best coaches in football. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think for this year, I think obviously uh, the Ravens are in, in the driver's seat in the AFC North. Uh, it's their division to lose, and I think it all starts with uh, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, can he repeat the success that he had from last year? And if not uh, necessarily repeat it, can he just come close to it to win a division? Obviously. He's got he's surrounded by talent up there or up there in Baltimore. Uh they just drafted J.K. Dobbins, uh, who who was a all American running back out of uh Ohio State. And I obviously I thought he was one of the top three yes, sir. Oh, wait. in the draft class. And they ended up getting him in what the second <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I know where you're going with that, but but no, I, I, I really think that, you know. The Ravens, yeah, they did. In this draft, I I really think the rich got richer, and I mean I I know it's 
I, I know it's kind of a, a cliche saying, but they really nope they didn't they did not miss one pick. Draft. I don't and, think they um, missed. I got a take pick. that I think you'll like. Um, I think J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson come all probably get over a thousand yards this season. That's a that's a that's a big take. A one team. That's, that's I think it could be thousand yards. I think it could be done on one team. Man, I, that, I'm telling. If if I'm see, not mistaken, is, that's, that's never unself- been done. Mark Ingram, I, I was so shocked at Mark Ingram last year. He, I had him on my fantasy team, and so I watched him a lot, and he was probably the most unselfish back in the league. He, I thought he was going to go there and wanted to be the main guy, but I guarantee you he probably split just as much time with any other back on that team than he was on the field. Now, granted, they won games, so, and they were winning big, big on some games, but I, I was just amazed at that. So if he can keep that up at this level, um, if they can keep that up at that level and running the ball successful, I, I think that they can get they can get three guys rushing for a thousand yards. Remember, J.K. Dobbins had a thousand yards as a freshman, um, sharing the sharing the rock too as well with another thousand yard rusher. Yes. So, so which do you think that they have the best running back duo Who's in, the AFC, in the AFC North? I, I don't. Hey, but this is this is a this is a this is a fair this is a fair conversation because you can argue that Kareem Hunt. I mean, he he obviously only played eight games last season. Well, he's only he was only eligible to play eight games last season because he was suspended. But Nick Chubb was second in the league in rushing last year. If you give Kareem Hunt an entire season of eligibility to play, that, here's that why it's not going to be. Here's not why it's not going to be the gonna best be, in the AFC North. Think about this: one, it's the Browns. The Browns are who they are, right? Number two, we have yet to see any team in football use their guys to their best ability like the Ravens has. I'm not talking about player for player, utilization of a player. I think the Ravens, when you talk about skill sets, I think they're both two good different two good backfields. The Ravens has a great backfield, one two punch, and so does the Browns one two punch. But I believe the utilization of the Ravens it, running backs will separate them from Cleveland. Yeah, I think the, the biggest upside for the Ravens in the, in the argument is the fact that they have Lamar Jackson. They can run so many different things, and they can run RPOs with him. Versus Cleveland, I mean, they could do it with Baker, but it's and, and, and when he does scramble, his scramble ability is lesser of that than Lamar Jackson's. 
but this is what I this is what I will say. I think I think this year I think Kareem Hunt will have a a, a big season for the Cleveland. Yeah, they're in a good situation with the, with their other. running backs. And I, I think I think that that I I think that team. Yeah, I, I think that team also they they have. I think they have a, a they'll have a better balance because they have better receivers up there as well. While I do like the you know the Ravens have a bunch of speed guys, but if we're talking talent wise, does Cleveland have Cleveland a better, a better receiver, receiver core? In court, division, I think that will help them in their running game. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's that's without question. I think talent wise, yes. Production wise, that's to be determined because I think obviously I think I think AJ Green could still possibly be the best production wise. He could be the best wide receiver in the division still. Yeah, but AJ Green ain't been on the can't stay on the field. Can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying production wise. So when he's on that field, production wise, he can he's he's better than Odell Beckham in Cleveland because Odell Beckham hasn't really. No, shown he hasn't. He I mean, like a, a wide receiver one But that was just last year, right? So he, I, I, I think he will. Um, I think they'll get it. They'll 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 have to get it together, or he's gonna want to get out of there, right? Um, so not only that, but then I, I, I think they have the best receiver core without a doubt. Um, Cleveland does. I, I don't think that I, I, I'm not that high on the Bengals wide receiver core. I'm not high on AJ Green. I think AJ Green's not where I would want him to be in his career at this moment. Um, and then Tyler Boyd is just okay, but he's shown that he can't be a number one receiver. And AJ Green can't stay on the field. Well, I think I think for the Bengals, I think I mean what's going to be important for them is what can they get out of the other guys. You know what I mean? Auden Tate is a good receiver, but he's just. Like he's not a number one, but he's a guy who can be a a threat in the red zone. John Ross can't stay healthy, but when he was healthy last year, he obviously showed that he's his speed is still something that you a team will have to worry about. But it's can they utilize that? And then that's like you said, it's about what Zach Taylor can do as uh, a head coach, and what what can he do as a guy who's uh, not only coaching but calling the plays. Because, uh, I mean, obviously he's not the offensive coordinator, but he's still the guy that calls the plays, right? So what can he do to to put these guys in the best position? Because I think there's – there's without I think without doubt there's talent at the receiver position. I, and I really like T. Higgins. I think depending on the position they put T. Higgins in, I think that will also play a part in it too because T. Higgins I thought was first-round talent. They got obviously got him the first pick of the second round. But it's how do they utilize him? Is he going to be on the field in a lot of packages or 
Will we see them being more reserved I don't think, with him? I don't know. Is, I, I is think he gonna he's going to be sit on the sidelines. If the Bengals are smart, a lot in his rookie year. they force T. Higgins you know what I mean? In the, on the field and see what he can do, and hope to pray that he can be a guy that allows them to let AJ Green walk. That that's the best situation for them for with Higgins. Yeah, I no, I, I would agree, and I also, and but that's it. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would agree with that hundred percent. I, but that's the thing, though. But is it, is that one reason to actually be worried about AJ Green yeah. this year? Because remember, it is his contract year; he is on the franchise tag. Yeah, this is a and make or break know, year know, for him, and he, you know he wants to get paid. I. I this might be his last contract with the Bengals for sure, and it might be, be close his last to being contract. his last contract in the NFL. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, just to wrap up the AFC North, I got one final question. So, do you think that this will be the best? Do you think this will be the um, best division in football as far as the young quarterback goes? Because remember, you—I mean, obviously, Big Ben is the only like true veteran quarterback in the in the division. You will have Lamar no, I, d- I don't. I mean, Baker there's still Mayfield, other younger and guys, Joe Burrow right? In the rookie season, um, they're, they're, that are not probably as young as them. But I mean, you talk about quarterbacks standing out in the league, the best division. I think you you go with. Uh, I think the NFC East has, I mean, not to be biased, but the NFC East has, I think, the ability of younger guys being one of the best divisions for quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, and Dak Prescott. Um, I, I It's a wait and see. And Dwayne Haskins. It's, it's a wait and see game for me. And Dwayne Haskins. Um, with... It's a wait-and-see game for me with Baker Mayfield. I, I You don't know what he's going to get, right? Uh, you know what you're going to get out of Lamar Jackson. Um, and then with Pittsburgh being, you know, he's a little bit older, so he's not a younger guy. I, I just don't – I don't see the yet those guys. They're, they're a little iffy. It's Lamar Jackson, and then it's iffy. With the rest of the young guys in the in the AFC North, so now nah. I say I say like I said, the NFC East is the um, I think the best young quarterback group in the in the NFL right now. Who you got? Okay, well, uh, I don't know if I can argue that. I do. I I, I mean, I do like the the quarterback town. I think they have the potential, but I I wouldn't quite. Pen, I wouldn't pencil in the AFC North yet as far as having the, the best group of young quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I really, really am really high on Lamar Jackson, have been since Louisville. Uh, and I thought he was – obviously, I thought he was the uh, best quarterback in the 2018 draft class. And I, I still like Josh Rosen, too, uh, even though – I mean, his career has kind of been down right now. But – I, right. I will say this. I think Baker has a lot of upside. Like you said, though, it's it's iffy. It's a question mark. 
Joe Burrow, I think I think the hype around Joe Burrow is I think it's nice for the city of Cincinnati for the Bengals fans. It's obviously something. Yeah, that and it's hard with Joe Burrow, right? He had a lot of talent. They drafted Carson Palmer. Yeah, and you and you really only had one year of consistent of that consistent play. And people could say, "Well, it was the best. Uh, it was the best season, college football season of any, yeah. any quarterback has ever had." But at the same time, it was still only one year. You know what I mean? You know. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see just kind of how he trans, like how he transitions to the NFL. Does he pick up on things faster? Uh, and like this is the the one thing that you know people you know they say his pocket awareness was really high, but at the same time there were a lot of times where he had the no. ball in his hand for a very long time. NFL, I don't you can't get away with that as much unless you know in, unless you're like a, a big Ben Roethlisberger or Cam Newton who you know who's able to scramble out of the pocket and create with his feet. Uh, so I mean I, I'm still kind of worried about that for Joe Burrow. Uh, and just his uh, pre-read, uh, his his ability to read defenses uh, before the snap. So I I think it's a lot. Like you said, I think you're absolutely right. It's a lot of question marks, and then there's Lamar Jackson. So I, but I think that the I think the potential for them to be there is really high. But. You know, that, that wraps up the AFC North for us. Uh, and then next week, we can dive into the AFC East. Uh, and I think that'll be a whole lot of fun to talk about because Tom Brady is no longer in the division. Um, but uh, to move on, we're going to start talking about uh, some audio that leaked of Michael Jordan. Uh, obviously, remember going back to uh, – the last dance documentary and they were talking about Isaiah Thomas and he says that he had nothing to do with Isaiah Thomas not being in the drink being on the dream team but yeah I think it was like Amara Rashad or somebody like that and I believe who was he talking was it Amara Rashad and he was talking about or and they they asked him about uh or they were talking about the dream team this was this was years ago, I guess, from when he was, uh, I guess, during the time that they were yeah. asking to I be mean, part of the dream team. Yeah, man, and that just and goes he back to he wasn't going to play stuff, if Isaiah you know, was on the team. I kind of wanted to briefly talk about this just because that was – going back to the last dance and how I felt like um, we, we as basketball guys, right, um, we cherish the moments of seeing that again – and being able to relive some of those moments. Um, but when, when you talk about the quality of a doc, that's where I, I kind of started to feel towards nine and 10. Like, man, it, this is an okay documentary, but we, we all know that a lot of this is just MJ controlling the narrative and MJ pushing um, narratives that he wants to push. Right, um, MJ never. You look at the through the documentary, he didn't have that that power to control certain narratives as much 
as he did as, as as he does now or as LeBron James does now or as Kobe once did. You know what I mean? Like them guys, they controlled the narrative. And when he was playing, he couldn't control the narrative as much because things got out about him and his dad or things got out about him and he didn't like it, but he, he couldn't do much to control it. And that's what bothered him a lot. And it showed in the documentary, but I, I just think that that we we didn't get a hundred percent real. And if you're gonna provide details like such, you could have you it was better off leaving it out and not even talking about it at all, versus you know spending almost a whole episode talking about Isaiah Thomas. Well, I think that anybody who was a true fan, and they, obviously you can tell kind of by MJ's, uh, by his demeanor when uh, and everything when they were talking about Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons, I think you could kind of tell the way he felt about, the way he felt about them as a team overall, and especially Isaiah Thomas. But I don't think that this, for me anyway, this – like this audio didn't really shock me because I already knew. Even though 100%. He, he had it didn't, it, it doesn't change the way I feel MJ about didn't want to play on the team with Isaiah Thomas. Way, well, I think it just validates the way that I thought the the things that I started to think about the documentary itself. That makes sense. Well, this is the thing that. But this is the thing about the audio that really gets me spinning. The fact, like, yeah, okay, Michael Jordan didn't want to play with him. Okay, you can paint him, paint him as the bad guy now. If if this is new news to you, paint him as however you want to. But the fact that Chuck Daly, his own head coach from the Detroit Pistons, said, oh, I, don't worry, I don't want him on the team either. Yeah. That should, that should be more surprising than MJ saying, I don't want him on the team. I, that's the that's that out, out of everything that I learned, that was the most surprising thing. Yeah, because that's if, the, if you're if his own head coach didn't want him on the team, why would you care if Michael Jordan didn't want him on the team? So and and for everybody to say, well, Michael Jordan just didn't like Isaiah Thomas. No, apparently there it was a reason Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the dream team. Yeah, and I get it, man. You, you not liking Isaiah Thomas. You're gonna when you're when you're trying to be great and you at the height of your career, you know you're gonna piss some people off. So I get it. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you you also have to wonder what did Isaiah Thomas do? Or like, can we get a documentary now about Isaiah Thomas? That we didn't have before, because now, now I feel like it's questions I need to, I need to have answered about Isaiah Thomas. Because obviously, you could say, well, MJ was just the ultimate competitor, or he was just he was really pissed about the way that they, the Pistons, did the Bulls um, after the Bulls had swept them in the playoffs when they walked off and then shake their hands. But I mean, as competitive as Michael Jordan is, as many battles as he had with people. 
he was he was cool with uh Reggie Miller. He was cool with Larry Bird. He was cool with Magic Johnson. He was cool with Carl Malone. He was cool with Gary Payton. But for him to have this type of beef with uh, Isaiah Thomas, I really think that it's maybe questions that we need to have answered about Isaiah Thomas and what he was doing in his career to have even his own yeah. head coach in, in 1992 fast. saying, I don't want he deserved to play the NBA though. Dream Team. I don't want him playing in the Olympics. Probably. But who would you? I mean, obviously, yeah, you could probably take Bobby Hurley off of the team, but I said I don't think that they missed. But no, I don't no, no, think no. that we're talking about the dream. Yeah, I don't. Right? I don't think that they. Missed. <laughs> like, I don't they, think they, they missed didn't anything. Miss nothing, right? What I said. No, nah, man. Pro- probably Bobby Hurley. Yeah, like he goes with. He shouldn't be on the team. But Bobby Hurley played a he played a significant part Bro, in that Duke team though. I'm a that Duke was really, fan. Really, really good. Him, right. Christian Leitner, both. You can't compare Bobby Hurley to Isaiah Thomas in his prime. I'm not comparing you. I'm just saying you can. Okay, you can probably take Bobby Hurley off the team. But I, I'm not. I'm saying they didn't need Isaiah Thomas. I'm Isaiah Thomas. Which is, all right. So let's say this: they they put Isaiah Thomas. No, on the I team, mean when I, said, when I said uh, when I said that, when I made that comment, it was a comment of Mike being on the team still with Isaiah Thomas. It wasn't Mike. Don't don't get it twisted. Mike made that team go. So they're not the same team without Mike. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is if, if you replace Bobby Hurley with Isaiah Thomas, you, you upgrade in a guy and you'll probably get more. But did they need that? No, because they obviously they, they, they weren't. Right. That's what I'm saying. But when you talk about the when you talk about the they, Olympics, they, and you they talk were already about, blowing every team um, out. You talk about the best guys, right, in America. You, you want when you talk about you, you want the best guys there. Right, so it's just, it's just like the All Star Game, right? Like to a certain extent, like every year there's a discussion about somebody being snubbed, right? Like who should have been on that team? Who deserved to be on this team? And I just think that's one of those things where, regardless of you know how MJ felt about him or whoever else, you know that I, I think he deserved to be on that team. Well, we can agree to disagree because obviously it's a, it's a reason Isaiah Thomas that, that, wasn't on the team. His own coach didn't want to coach. That's him. still mind blowing. <laughs> and I, I think because coming so actually, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm I'm, send, I'm sending out an email to ESPN. And I'm asking them, can we get Isaiah Thomas documentary? Because I think I, it's a but lot. Let of me paint this picture for you just for a second, real Isaiah quick. Thomas. If, if you're if you're a coach, right? Like Isaiah Thomas. You're being asked to the coach the dream team, and you've competed against this guy and Michael Jordan, who is phenomenal, right? And he's probably one of the best individual basketball players you've ever seen play the game. 
and you coach against him, and now you're at being asked to lead the dream team, and with him being the face of it, right? But then you hear, hey, Mike ain't going to play with you unless you don't bring Isaiah. What would you say? Well, this is the, apparently, and this is just, according to, according to the audio, this is what happened. Michael Jordan said, "I won't, I won't play if Isaiah plays." Chuck Daly, and this is what they say. Chuck Daly says, "Don't worry, I don't want to, I don't want him on the team anyway." So it's not like it's not like okay, Mike. That's but what I'm saying is, it could have been a prior, if you prior conversation he, said, I don't want him he on had the team with somebody anyway. Else, Chuck Daly, knowing that Mike didn't want him on the team, or he it's, it's just a problem, a, a fact given that he hated him that much that he knew, and Chuck's like, Chuck's just like, you know what? Nah, I don't want him on the team either. I want to coach you. I don't want the opportunity right, so, to coach him, so, the so, best player right. in basketball. Possibly the best player in the history of basketball. All right. All right. So, but to to your point, to to the point that you made, the the picture that you painted. All right. So, if I'm thinking about it like that, I'm also thinking, okay. So, do I not want to coach a guy that helped me win uh, an NBA championship? I don't want to coach the guy who's been the best player on my team for the past ten years. Well, not ten, well. Yeah, the past ten years. Yeah, obviously I do because I, as a coach, as a head coach, especially like with a guy having that type of relationship, you want to be extremely loyal to your guys, quote unquote, your guys. And yeah, I get it. Michael Jordan was a trend. He look, he was the best player in the NBA. Yeah, the I, I, and obviously everybody wanted him on the dream team. But as a, but it, but as a head coach, that would have been his that would have been his job to say, "Hey, Mike, look, I know you got differences with Isaiah, but look, we got to put him put him to the side. Look, and even if you want to have just a conversation with him before anybody shows up to wherever the practice facility, we I'm, can hash this out." As a head coach, that was his that was his job. That's his job. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking in myself, said, right? I don't if I'm MJ, I mean, anyway. if I'm Chuck Daly and I have the opportunity to coach MJ, that's a once-in-a-lifetime chance, and I, I might think about it. I might. And just to make MJ feel better, the, my response might be, you know what? I don't want him yeah, on there, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can quite agree with you on that. I think that's, uh, that might be a conversation we have to have with others, because I, I, I honestly think that there was more to it than uh, that has actually come out about even about Chuck Daly's relationship with Isaiah Thomas at that point. Uh, and I think there was, there were uh, a number of guys who also didn't want uh, Isaiah Thomas on the team. So um, I mean, the obviously people were talking about the uh, the Michael Jordan audio because of what he said on the last dance, kind of contradicting himself. 
but at the same time, like you said, he was, you know, I think Michael Jordan with the Last Dance documentary, they that uh, not only did he, but ESPN had an agenda, like we had yep. said in previous podcasts, to kind of push oh, I agree. the legacy 100%. of Michael Jordan to the younger, uh, the younger demographic. But uh, but speaking of NBA, NBA is uh, they're scheduled to return, uh, say late July to the beginning of uh, to the beginning of August. So somewhere around there is when they will return uh, and resume play, and they will be finishing the season sometime in September. And the biggest news around this is the fact that Dame Lillard says that if they're not in a position that can beat. That yeah, not play uh, if they're not in a position to, to make the playoffs. I'm on the fence with that. Here's why I'm on the fence. You, you basically just saying if you don't have a chance, you don't want to play. And, and what does that say to your teammates? Um, but it also says, but I'm uh, but I also am on the side that I think that's him trying to use his superstardom voice if you will, and say, look, we ain't too far out of the playoffs. So whatever the the, G, the the owners and the GM and the commissioner, and ultimately I think the players union has some probably say a little bit, but whatever format they figure out, my team still needs to be able to have a chance because we're only two to three games back. You know what I mean? So I, I, I looked at it from two perspectives. Him as as a person who was just saying he's he could be giving up on his team. And then two trying to force the NBA hand, like, look, we're only two, three games out, man. Let put us in a scenario where we're playing in a play-in game or we, we play a couple games to, to try to see if we can get into the playoffs because uh, he he. I would assume he would want to be playing in the playoffs on the on the biggest stage of the season, regardless of where the, the pandemic that we're in right now. Um, I, I think the NBA playoffs is still something that he he would want on his mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, why wouldn't he? I think that's the whole point of bringing. Bringing that up, and I think you're absolutely right. He's definitely trying to put the NBA in a position to, if if they don't change the, you know, if if they're not in a position to be in the playoffs mathematically, uh, within that top eight, within the top eight seeds in the West, I think he's trying to get on the adjust the format, uh, for the pandemic reasons, uh, because I mean, do I think that the Portland Trailblazers would would be a playoff team? Absolutely, I think they would get they would have like the eight or the seven seed. Uh, they started to look really good uh, towards the end of February, uh, going into March, and then obviously the pandemic happens, and you know the the season is put on hold. And there's also the side that, well, look, if they're mathematically not able to be in the playoffs, then why would he play? Why would anybody want to play if they're not mathematically able to to make the playoffs at that point? Yeah. Okay. So I guess you you guys you will still pay them or you won't pay them for not. Yeah, playing but the sometimes the these guys when they're okay, when they're so, out I mean, anyway, only, they're what, not playing a, as a much, month right? of basketball if towards that, the end of the season. If you don't, if if, if, if you don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, but this is the thing though. So like, are you are you really gonna be invested in going back if if you're playing for the Orlando Magic's, but you have no no actual opportunity to make the the playoffs? But let's say they resume and they say, okay, every team is gonna play the last fifteen games of the season. While if if you're a superstar player like Dame like Dame Lillard, why are you playing if you have no chance of making the playoffs? And it's on, and, and there's still 15 quote unquote regular season games left. Why are you still playing? You could be getting ready for next year because look, I'm not in the playoffs. I can get I can get ready, get prepared for next year. Uh, obviously, 2020 has been very chaotic uh, for a lot of people with the quarantine and uh, the pandemic going on. Uh, guys have a lot of other things on their mind right now. Other than well, if they play twelve say, games, he has an opportunity to make play it these to the last playoffs, twelve right? games. I would assume that so. mean nothing to my. So I, I think I don't think that was the case. I think the case was, all right, if we're gonna play like three, four games, I I don't want to come back because we bear we might not have a chance. Or are we gonna play like one or two games just to get everybody going? I, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to, I don't want to come back to do that or, because there talks about them having like a couple games to kind of get them, get the juices flowing and get everybody going again and then yeah, you, I, to the I, playoffs. I, but well, I just use twelve as a, I just I just use twelve as like just I just throw a number out there. That's that's all I, I was using. It was just a. It was just a, a number I was throwing. Right, out. I didn't, but I mean, I was, I was to a certain extent too, man, as an ultimate ultimate competitor that I am, um, and if if I'm playing at that level, I, I love the game right so much that I I would want to get back on the court. Um, so I can see both sides of not wanting to play. But then, all right, let's get back on. Let's get back on the court. Let's let's compete like you want to compete. But then it's also too like, bro, if we ain't got no chance, I go out here, I get hurt. Now I'm messing up my chances for next season. So it, it's a lot of a lot of things that are you have to take in consideration if you're a guy like Dame Lillard. Yeah, uh, but uh, just, you know, overall uh, scenario for the NBA coming back. Uh, the Cle- or not, uh, But the the Los Angeles Lakers right now, I believe, are the favorites um, to uh, win the NBA I won't say it's their is championship it, to is lose. Is it their right? uh, championship um, to lose? Being a, being a huge Laker fan, I, I, I will say this. It, it's going to come down to them. And the Clippers, um, they 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 have that Clippers has a great team. Um, they they kind of have some guys that they have a bunch of guys that they can throw at LeBron. Um, they don't have an answer for Anthony Davis, um, but then the, the, the Lakers have to be able to have, the role guys got to step up and be able to make some plays and be able to help defend against Kawhi and Paul George. Um, so I don't think it's it's theirs to 
to lose. Like, like I don't. I think there's another team that like the Clippers that can push the envelope and possibly win it as well. So I'm not gonna say that. And then the Milwaukee Bucks um, is another team who they're just they're 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 a great team. They got great guys around the Greek Freak and. and and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the finals, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that uh, that's obvious. I think that's obviously one of the teams that could come out of the East. I think them, and also, I mean, I know that they they struggled kind of uh, midway through the season, or they were started to struggle. Uh, but the Philadelphia 76ers, I think the talent level there is is still um, one of the best in the in the Eastern. When he Conference. wants to be, uh, I think Joel Embiid is the. I think he's the best center in basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm saying like from a talent standpoint, I think he's the best center in the NBA. Uh, and I mean, the only thing I question is can you know can Ben Simmons. Get going, man. I used to tell my I really boy, don't like, I don't know, like, man, you know, Ben Simmons is he the franchise guy or is that high? Um, I'm not a fan. We like, if you're not able to knock down a jump shot wide open, like, what are you, what good are you doing for me? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think like obviously his court vision, like his ability to pass, uh, is, is there. But offensively, Man, he, he can only all he, he can do is po- all really he can do, do is post you up outside of like eighteen feet. Any and, and, and he's not dominant to the point where it's yeah, like and I think that's is I think that's really he's still a big gonna get for them. You know what I mean? Like Greek Freak is dominant. He's not a an effective wide open jump shooter. You know what I mean? He's getting better. I think he's shooting like 30 over 30% from the three this season. Not taking as many attempts, but even then, like you 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 don't let him shoot or you let him shoot and he misses him, he still averages like 20 to 25 30 points a game. Like he still can get his Ben Simmons, what can you do? Yeah, and, and that's and that's why I would, uh, you know, as much as I want to say that I th- I believe they can still come out of the East, you know, I really I would lean more so towards the the Miami Heat. Uh, I think that they really started to uh, they really began to establish themselves as the, uh, the best team in the East right before uh, everything got put on hold. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler is, I think, one of the, the greatest competitors in the league. And, I, you know, I think he has a, a great attitude. He pushes his teammates. Um, and I, I think Jimmy. he has kind of that attitude where some guys may not like him, but I think they respect him a lot. But I also think he's – I think, I think he's a no-nonsense guy. Because I don't think a, Jimmy like, got the Mamba mentality. I don't mentality, think he can play with a guy like MJ because I think that MJ will rub him the wrong way. 
and 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 this is uh this is what I'll say. I, I would say NBA returns, and I would take. I would probably take Milwaukee right now. Milwaukee, Lakers, in the NBA Finals. I think I think that the Clippers and other teams have had too much time off. I think LeBron is still in, in really really good shape because he's been working. He's been doing nothing but working out during this pandemic. Uh, and I think that he's been staying on top of his guys to make sure that they. Yeah, been without a doubt, I think they all have. I know, I, I really uh, not like only that, I think you know leader that LeBron James is. Um, they 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 were the most consistent basketball team. The those two, the the the, the Lakers and the Bucks are probably the most consistent basketball team in NBA before the, before the pandemic. So I agree. Those are my two picks as well for the finals. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the Clippers are a year away. I they think better next hope. year they better they hope more so. so they, the I think next another, year another they will put it all together. To I think this team. year they come close. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, they, they're. I, I think they're. Yeah, no, but this listen, this is the bro. thing though. They they, they, if they get to the finals. There's no worried about retaining because, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is coming back. Matter of fact, let me let me go on record and say this: Anthony Davis will be a Laker no matter what next year. Yeah, you. I think that, but I think that's big to say because I think I think in the early two thousands, I think you would say, oh, okay, yeah, he, he'll be he'll be a loyal guy. But I think in today's game, you kind of never know because every player is different. Nobody still has like that loyal that loyal bone to them when it comes to these teams. Because I think I think players, especially NBA players, more so than like any other. Sport, yes, are saying, but I teams are expendable. Like teams usually say players are expendable because Anthony, Anthony Davis knows he can go to any other team and be a superstar. Yes, but guess he what? He doesn't have to play You're missing LA one key factor. He's already a superstar, he he York, a superstar with the Pelicans. Million and be a the, superstar. Thing, the thing about the Lakers, which will be better beneficial for him in the near, for the, the near future is, one, you're still being able to play alongside LeBron James. And you're going to compete for a championship. The Laker culture is, I get it. A lot of people were down on the Laker culture, um, down on the fact that the Lakers haven't been to the playoffs. The Lakers haven't done this. They haven't done that in a while. But the fact remains that the Lakers are an organization that only think about winning championships. If it's not winning championships, it's not good enough. And you can continue to you can bring up any other team you you would like to bring up in a scenario where Anthony Davis thinks about going, but I guarantee you this: there's no other organization out there that will try to to, to win the championship and and get to that level at, with Anthony Davis than any other than, than any other any other team out there. The the that, that that's kind of what the Warriors have done, right? The Warriors have stated like. We're gonna we're gonna spend money. We're gonna do what we can to win championships. 
outside of that, I don't see a lot of teams out there saying, we're going to go get guys. We're going to spend the money. We're going to do what we need to do to be successful, right? The Clippers just finally done it. They spent some money in the past, but they spent they've they've, they've not got the the quality of guys back yet. Boston has done it, but that's a tradition. Boston's a tradition. They're one of the teams you you're going to always expect Boston to be in that hunt. And if they're not, they're going to get there eventually. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I, and, and you know what? That's interesting because actually on the next episode, I want to talk about – I really want to dive in and talk about the Boston Celtics uh, just because I really believe that they're – this year when they return, I think that this will be a big year for them because I think next year they have to determine who is going to be their number one guy. Will it be Jalen Brown? Or is it Jason Tatum? Because sounds I think good to me. I, you should know my answer by now. But into the future good. of the Boston Celtics, that, that sound pretty good to you. Nah, man. Uh, <laughs> Are you got any? Uh, I, you got I'm just, any, uh, again? I'm just blessed. Stay before we get out here um, to be able to 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 do this with you. Not only uh, for that, for just you know life in general, man. It's been a lot of things going on in this world and um uh, I'm just I'm just blessed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh same here. Uh last I mean the only thing I got left yes. today is you know uh obviously prayers and thoughts for the family and friends uh you know George Floyd who was uh he was killed by a police officer. Um, and up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, and it's been a lot of things going on there. Uh, and there's been a lot of, a lot of intense conversations regarding race, uh, as of late again, you know, just because this is something that's not new, something that's been going on. So, you know, definitely, uh, thoughts and prayers. Yes. To, uh, My thoughts and, and prayers family, are to the, his family uh, as friends. well. Um, and, it's in every you know, hopefully they can get justice man, for George Floyd. Around. Um, being, being, uh, being a black man, man, it, it, it's hard. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. I, you know, and you know, I, th- I think, I also think being a black woman is hard, uh, especially you know in the United States of America. But I also, you know, being a black man, you know, it's it's hard to really get other people to relate. You know what I mean? It is. Because you can't put somebody else in your shoes and make you. You know, but, you know, I definitely think that, uh, you know, it's a lot of conversations that need to be had. And I, I still think that, you know, I don't want to say we're a million miles away, but I think uh, we're we're far from getting to the point where we need to be as uh as as uh, yeah as yeah we we are we're we're far away man I, I, it's it's sad too it's very sad it is very very sad yeah but uh but you know i'm definitely looking forward to to the next episode uh obviously afc east breakdown 
Uh, no more Tom Brady in the AFC East. Also, got some uh, Boston Celtics talk. Who will be the number one guy there? And I think we will actually – I think we're going to disagree on this uh, because I think I know where you uh, actually are leaning towards. Uh, and we got much, much more to cover. So I want to thank everybody for listening to American Podcast. I'm Mario Doremus. And until next time, everybody stay safe and, uh, you know, peace.